We're going to help this preacher preach. Amen. I tell you, I tell you, the last few times he stepped behind this pulpit, I, I've been amazed at the anointing of God that's rested on him. And, uh, you know, when I think about it, he was, he, he was talking last week about he was three years old when I got here. So I guess, you know, I came up and preached before they ever elected me as pastor. So I guess the first time I met him, he was, he was only two. And uh, that's been a long time ago. It's been a long time ago. And I've watched him grow, and I've watched the Spirit of God come upon him, and I've watched God use him. God's doing a great work through this young man. Amen. He really is. He really is. I want him to come tonight. I want him to obey the Holy Ghost. And uh, I'm behind you. I'm going to preach with you tonight. Amen. Come and obey God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. We, I don't mind telling you, just a few moments ago, Pastor talking about he talked to someone and was letting them know that, um, that this, the message, the best message for a person is the one that they needed at the time. And uh, he's talking to me, and, and um, I, I absolutely concur. I appreciate a man of God who's submitted to God, submitted to his pastor, and is a perfect example for us as children of God, amen, to live for God, amen, and to be faithful to God, amen. I know that the anniversary services have come and gone 25 years. What a wonderful milestone that is. It's a big deal. It really is a big deal. That's most of my life. And um, I was thinking about pastor, as you were just talking a minute ago, I think I was two, actually, when you guys got here, because... Uh, you guys have gotten here, I think, around the 16th or something like that? Okay. So you have been here even before then. Okay. So, and my birthday's on the 22nd. So I guess it would have been two. So, which um, I, I counted a privilege to be in the Truth Church and serving under Pastor Riggin. I mean, I really couldn't think of a, a better man on this earth. And I know if I turn around right now and look at him, he probably isn't comfortable. <laughs> That's just the kind of man he is. He's just a humble man. And he's a good example for me. And I'm thankful for that, Pastor. I really am. Thank you for your pastorship and mentorship. And really, I know that a lot of times this is a degrading statement to say about a pastor. Um, but I don't mean this in any way to demean you pastor but you truly have been more than just a mentor and a pastor you've been friendly to me you've been he's gotten on a level that I don't think a lot of pastors would and helped pull me through some things and I'm grateful for that and um, so I don't mean that in a negative sense I mean that in a in a way of honoring you Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Joel chapter 2, verse 28. Familiar scripture to apostolic Christians. I figured I would do well if I started there. I see Brother Braden waving. Praise the Lord, Brother Braden. <laughs> yes, sir. Now, uh, Pastor mentioned that his allergies were affecting him this morning. I, I don't know what I've got affecting me, but it's something. And... So I apologize. I'll do my very best to express what I feel like the Lord put on my heart tonight. And uh, hopefully I can get it all out before my voice leaves me. But Joel chapter 2 verse 28. Familiar passage of scripture says, It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your, young, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Young men shall see visions. Back up to verse 23, if you will, and Brother Chad, that was the first, or the very next scripture that I gave you. Joel chapter 2, verse 23 says, Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he 
hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And if you notice between verses 23 and 28, um, the focus changes. The prophet is writing about the Lord in the third person. And then verse 28, it seems like the Lord kind of just takes over that pen. He says, I will pour out my spirit upon you. It's not something that, that this is not a distant thing, but it's where the Lord steps in and makes the difference. And that really is what's important. Amen. It can't be uh, us, but it's got to be the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what changes the difference between a moderate rain and uh, that's what makes the difference. If whether or not we're going to have a moderate rain or, or the rain that the Lord promised us. Amen. If we could lay down our Bibles, let's ask the Lord to help us tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity to feel your presence. Lord, to feel the moving of the Holy Ghost that's in this place. I ask you, Lord, for your grace. God, to deliver your word tonight. I ask you for your help tonight, God. Hallelujah. I'm trusting you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I magnify you, Lord. I magnify you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't we clap our hands to the Lord tonight? (laughs) Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. You could be seated tonight as long as you don't sit down on me because I need your help. I'm not going to be able to scream and get you excited tonight. I'm going to um, do my very best here tonight. But I I feel like the Lord gave me some direction this afternoon for the service tonight and um, spoke to me. I really believe the Lord spoke to me and Let me know that he wants to pour out his spirit at the Truth Church. Hallelujah. This passage of scripture was written by the prophet Joel to the children of Israel during a time where they were in captivity. And he was letting them know that there was going to come a time when they could return back to home base, if you will. Go back to that place where the Lord had called them. And, and not only that, not only would they be physically in the place where they should be, that, but that they also would be spiritually in the place where God wanted them to be. And the interpretation of this passage of scripture that we read in your hearing tonight is that those children of Israel um, who obeyed the Mosaic law, that was the, the moderate reign that they, that the, their experiences under that law would provide for them the forgiveness on a temporary basis and allow them a method of salvation. Amen. But he said in the first month, in the first month, it's not going to take very long after I begin to pour out my spirit. It's not going to take very long for the former and the latter rain to come down together. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you on the day of Pentecost, amen, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, Pastor, it didn't take very long. Amen. It take about, I believe it was 10 days. Amen. For the disciples. Amen. That sounds like it was in the first month when Jesus spoke to those disciples and said, go to that place that I have called you. Hallelujah. If you go back to that place where I call you and tarry there, I'm going to send my spirit. Promise of the Father. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm already losing my voice. Can you help me out tonight? Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come... 
they were all with one accord in one place. Amen. We're going to come back there in just a moment. Amen. But suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. I want to tell somebody at the Truth Church tonight that there is a sound that's associated with an apostolic church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not just any ordinary sound. Amen. But it is a a joyful sound. Hallelujah. It's a joyful. Psalms chapter 89 verse 15 says, Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. Hallelujah. They shall walk in the light of thy countenance. Psalms chapter 66 verses 1 through 2. Make a joyful noise unto God. All ye lands sing forth with the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Psalm 81 verse 1 says sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto God of Jacob. My God, I'm telling you, he wants to hear the voices of his people. Brother Goff, it's not just a clamoring sound. It's not just a, a clinging tempo, a cymbal. It's not just, a, amen, the tinkling of a, of an organ or a piano. Amen. But it's a joyful sound. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. Hallelujah. Only those, amen, who walk in the countenance of his light can make this kind of a sound. Hallelujah. 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 We all know this passage of scripture. Psalm 100 verses 1 through 5. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord. He is good. Oh, hallelujah. I said the Lord, he is good. Hallelujah. His mercy. How many know about the mercy of God? Hallelujah. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth, Brother Kaiser. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Endureth to all generations. Hallelujah. If I know anything about Pastor Riggin, you could be seated if you want to. <clears throat> I know that his primary interest is in, uh, is in uh, conveying this precious gospel and precious truth to the next generation. It's my prayer that as a young preacher under Pastor Riggin, that I could get a hold of the truth. Amen. That's being given from generation to generation. Church, we have an obligation. As joyful sounding saints of God. Amen. To convey this truth to another generation. Young people, you have an obligation. To not just sit idly by. Amen. But to pick up and get a hold and get a revelation. Of this truth that endures from generation to generation. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Hey man, I forgot to give you a title. Let me look what it was. Oh, the latter rain. That's what it is. Hallelujah. Hey man, if we want to have that latter rain, if we want to have what the apostles had on the day of Pentecost... We've got to pick this up. Hallelujah. It's our obligation, responsibility. Hallelujah. Came a sound from heaven. It's of a rushing mighty wind. 
it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Peter declared plainly, amen, that this passage of Scripture, amen, and the experience that was unfolding, amen, before those Jews' eyes that afternoon, amen, was, in fact, amen, the thing that the prophet Joel was prophesying about. In Acts chapter 2, verse 16, he says, This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Hallelujah. Amen. This is, child of God, the latter rain. Amen. That was prophesied in an Old Testament. Amen. Scripture. Amen. We don't have to take for granted. Amen. The things that God has given to us. Hallelujah. We read about the miracles. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Then they that gladly received the word were baptized. The same day were added unto them about 3,000. Praising God, verse 47, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Acts chapter 3, verse 6, I'm talking about a latter rain church. 6 through 8, then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Amen. I don't have a lot of money to speak of. Amen. I don't have a lot of resources to speak of. Amen. I have a voice that's fading fast. Amen. But Kaiser, what I do have is the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you would get a hold of this. He's so totally Brother Jerome, if you make your way to an apostolic altar, amen, on your own, Brother Andrew, if you would make your way to these whitewashed altars, amen, there's something available. It's not a moderate rain, Brother Alberton. It's not just a trickle. It's not just a, just a, a slight flow, amen, but it is the farmer rain. Oh, I wish I could convey what I feel right now. I'm talking about a ladder rain. I'm talking about a ladder rain. I'm talking about a rain. Amen. That's a It's a rain. Amen. When pressed down, shaken together, it runs all over. Hallelujah. It's, it wells up in your belly. Amen. You can't keep it down. You've got to express it. You've got to let it out. Brother Nelson, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, you can be seated. Amen. The, uh, I'm not just trying to hype you up tonight. I'm talking about the church that Jesus founded on the rock of truth, the rock of the revelation of who he is. Once we get that revelation, hallelujah, there's no telling what we can do as disciples of Christ. Amen. We've got the power that we need. Amen. To bind up spirits. To set at liberty the captain. My, my. Amen. Those lame folks sitting out in their, their homes and in their cars under the bridges. We've got the power to raise them up. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Listen to this. Acts 4 and 31, when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost 
Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost was still pouring out two chapters later. And it's still pouring out 2,000 years later. Amen. On this service tonight. How many feel the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't you feel that? I said, do you feel that? Oh, hallelujah. This is what the latter rain feels like. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 5 and 12. By the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. I said we're going to come back to this. Hallelujah. If we want to experience. I'm sorry. I'm not going through puberty here. It's harder than it looks, Jerome. I promise. <laughs> anyway, that they, in order to maintain that flow of the latter rain, they had to do what they did in Acts chapter 2. What did they do in Acts chapter 2? Anybody know? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. They came together. In one accord. In one place. That's why it's so important to come to church. I said that's why it's important to be in the house of God. Because it's hard to get in one accord if you're not even in the same place. Hallelujah. It's hard for God to to connect us in the spirit if the spirit is not moving in the same place. Amen. I'm telling us as a church, amen, that was founded on the rock that Jesus declared was the revelation of who he is. Amen. If we want that latter rain, we've got to come together in one mind and one accord. Hallelujah. Amen. That's where the latter rain will fall. Amen. Acts chapter 5, we saw that they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And that's when the apostles were able to do many signs and wonders among the people. The important thing was not the apostles. I'm sounding like Kaiser up here. Sorry, buddy. You looked at me and laughed, so I had to, had to burn you there. <clears throat> but uh, it, the important thing was not necessarily who was doing the healing. It wasn't necessarily the hands that were, although I, let me back that up and, and, and preface that a little bit. We can't just, obviously, and pastor's the one who could set these parameters, but can't just let anybody go and lay hands on everybody. <laughs> So in that sense, it is important. Amen. But, but what the point I was going to make was that, that those apostles amen, weren't interested in bringing glory to themselves. Amen. But they were interested in unifying a church. And where there were differences, amen, the, God gave them grace. Where there were lame people, God gave them grace. Where there were people who needed healing, amen, and virtue, amen, God gave them the grace that they needed to bring everybody together. Hallelujah. I stand in amazement and watch, amen, as God has used pastor, amen, to bring this church together, this one from over here, this one from over there, amen, and unify us and and put us in one accord. Child of God, you ought to do your best effort, amen, as I am trying, amen, to link arms with one another, amen, let's come together in one accord. So that the latter rain, Brother Alberton, would fall, amen, at the truth church. And when we have a visitor sitting three pews from the back, amen, we have some folks from the Bahamas over here. And when we have other visitors come in, they know that this is a unified church where the latter rain comes down. (laughs) 
And whatever situation, whether physical or spiritual, I mean, all they have to do is make it to the place where the latter rain comes down and they can be healed. They can be delivered. Hallelujah. Church. Church, how many of you want that kind of a church? I do. I'm sick and tired of hearing the stories. I said I'm tired of hearing the stories. I, I want to see it for myself. I want to see it with these own two eyes. I, I don't want just one or two stories in my history. But Brother Jaheem, I want to come to church every Sunday night and see another one come through. Amen. And the Holy Ghost. Ladder rain. I'm talking about ladder Yes! Yes! I'm telling you, church, I mean, time is wrapping up. We don't have a lot of time. We're living in those latter times. I mean, that's the time that God designated this latter rain for. I mean, it's not just so that we can have goosebumps. I mean, but he knows, brother self, that there are needs in Olathe, Kansas. And he needs a church. He needs a church. I said he needs a church. On 119th and K7 Highway. He needs this church. He needs you. He needs me. He needs us uh, together in one accord. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 verse 43. That fear came upon every soul. Fear. Came on every soul. I'm talking about a church where the latter rain falls. You're going to start hearing your coworkers, your friends at work and school start talking about that church on 119th and K7. Fear. Fear. Hallelujah. That word fear does not mean being scared or afraid. It means that they had respect towards. They had reverence for. Those people recognized what was going on at, at, in that upper room. And that it wasn't just an ordinary group of people. But that they were in one accord. And the Spirit of God had come down as Jesus promised. Hallelujah. And fulfilled their every need. <laughs> I said it fulfilled every need. No longer were they, Brother Nelson, waking up in the morning wishing that they had this and wishing they had that. They, they didn't have to, they weren't working, Dad, I mean, for endless goals and, 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 and trying to achieve so that they can make a name for themselves. Hallelujah. On the day of Pentecost, when it was fully come in that first month, everything they ever needed was supplied for them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, we really <clears throat> have to get to the point. I might start stepping on some toes here, so pick them up or something. But we've got to get to the point that the apostles were. And I understand that we all have wives. <clears throat> I have one too, I think. But for them, the most important thing was that they would receive the promise of the Father. You know how I know that? Because they took 10 days out of their schedule and went to Jerusalem and dedicated that until they received. They tarried. They didn't have a deadline. But Jesus said they went to Jerusalem. Uh, they, Jesus told them, go to Jerusalem, tarry, to receive power. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got to get to that kind of, we've got to get there. (laughs) We've got to get there. If we can get there, I believe that the latter rain would flow without limitation, without, without any obstruction. I think the Holy Ghost would just fall. 
When you have people who are unified, when you have people who've come together for a common purpose. God said in the Old Testament about the people who were building the Tower of Babel that nothing could stop them. And that was for a carnal and secular desire. How much more? Amen. Could anything, I'm, I'm telling you, how much more would we be unstoppable if we would come together in the will of God to accomplish the will of God? Not our own agenda, not our own desires, not our own plans, but, but if we could tap in, Jesus, wherever you want me, I'll go to church. I, I will, I will spend my time in prayer. I will teach a Bible study. I'll take a Saturday and go to Fair, Fairview Park. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I met six people on Saturday. And I put them in my personal contacts. Thank you, Brother Alberton, for uh, helping me get my personal contacts this week. I'm telling you that there's such an opportunity right now. And I really wish I could preach it like I feel it, but I'm just going to have to resort to talking for a few moments. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you that there's such a revival that God has promised the true church. We've made reference to the fact, and it doesn't mean anything special except for the fact that this is my home church. Two years old when Pastor Riggin came. And all my life grew up, probably by the age of 10 or 11, I started realizing that, that I really wanted revival, that I really wanted to see uh, what, what pastor was preaching. And since that time, pastor, uh, there have been, it's been kind of a roller coaster, you know, up and down. I wanted, I wanted, and not willing to put in this, the work, whatever. And I understand, <clears throat> like I said, we all have lives. But if we can get to that point and unify, there's so many promises that God has made to the truth church. And because you're a part of this church, and we, and really, let me just back up a little bit, because we really don't need any promise outside of the promise of the Father that Jesus gave us in the book of Acts. We don't need anything greater than that. All we need is this latter rain, but, but God has made it personal to us. And he said, if you will put in the work, church, hallelujah. If we, if I will put in the work, if I will pick up the shovel and keep on digging, Brother Albertson, amen, dig another ditch, amen, and let the rain fall and fill, amen, those ditches. And my Lord, if, if I could get a hold of, Hallelujah. I'm, I want to, if, if we could get a hold of the things that God has promised us. And everybody um, thinks perhaps we're uh, being too conditional with these promises. But I'm telling you, God's promises are yea and amen. Hallelujah. The wonders and the signs, the heritage that we have through our pastor and through his pastor. Amen. The, I, I'm telling you, I love to just sit and listen to the stories, Brother Chad, of all the things that God has done through Elder Davis and his ministry. I want to see that here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, church. That's our heritage. You ought to get a hold of that. Sister Shemaine, you came out of a church very similar to ours. Elder Robert Davis. That's your heritage. Hallelujah. Brother Alberton, Sister Alberton, Sister Desiree Alberton, you guys came out of a church with such a distinct heritage. My God. Hallelujah. And I, I'm starting to single out people, and I probably should not do that because then people might get offended. But I'm not trying to single anybody out. I'm not trying to exclude anybody from this. 
I'm just trying to draw some parallels and help you understand why you're here. God wants to pour out at the truth church a latter rain like we've never seen before. I mean, I've got, I could talk to you, brother Toby, about Elijah. How after a period of time where Israel had experienced dryness, drought, at the request of Elijah. That God, at the request again of Elijah, restored rain. (laughs) Church, here's my last point. If we want to experience latter rain, we've got to be willing to ask God for it. You have to be willing to ask God for it. We can dig ditches. We can put in the work. But if, there, if we, can, we can bury the seed, we can put it in the ground. But if we're not willing to ask for it. James said, you have not because you ask not. You've got to be willing to put in the time, Brother Andrew, to ask God for the answered prayer. Hallelujah. You've got lost family, lost loved ones, people you've been working on, putting the seed in the ground, working. You've got to be willing to take the time. Say, God, this is so important to me. This is more than just a Saturday extravaganza. This is more than just time um, and exercising. Amen. But what we heard during our anniversary services or is all is available to us. Uh, amen. But we've got to be willing, amen, to pray and ask God for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First Kings chapter 18, verse 2. Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab. There was a sore famine in Samaria. And skip down to verse 5. It was a drought, bad time, not a good time to start a farm, that's for sure. Ahab said to Obadiah, go into the land, to all fountains of water, and to all brooks, peradventure, we may find grass to save the horses and mules alive, that we lose not all the beasts. As a king, no doubt, he was concerned about the welfare of his nation. Amen. But uh, King Ahab, by about verse 10 of chapter 18, was beginning to get desperate. Amen. And he started down a path, Pastor, that he hadn't, he hadn't began before, and even like in his entire reign. He started to ask for what he needed. Up to this point, he felt like he had the authority, the power, the ability to just do it. But by verse 10, Ahab, uh, I skipped too far. As the Lord thy God liveth, of 1 Kings chapter 18, there is no nation whether my Lord hath not sent to seek thee. And when they said he is not there, he took an oath of the kingdom of the nation that they find that they found thee not. King Ahab, when he began to get desperate, he sent out all over the land searching for the man of God. And he told Obadiah what we just read in First Kings chapter 18. And because... <clears throat> King Ahab was willing to ask because he was willing to seek out the word of God, direction from God. God sent him the man of God. Acts chapter 18, I'm sorry, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 19 through 22. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel. Here came Elijah laying down the law, direction. This is what you're asking for, Ahab. The prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. 
And um, it wasn't only Ahab that, and many of us are familiar with the story, that's why I'm trying to just skip through it here, but um, Ahab wasn't the only one who had to do any asking. But Elijah had to find a place, a prayer. First Kings chapter 18, verse 42. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and, Ahab, and, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. And James confirms for us what Elijah was doing on the mount. James chapter 5, verse 17 through 18. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heavens gave rain. And the earth brought forth her fruit. Amen. That was the answer. Amen. To the question that Ahab was asking. He wasn't interested, amen, in victory over an enemy. He wasn't interested, amen, at this time in trying to accumulate wealth. All he was interested in is just making it by. I just need the earth, amen, to produce the fruit that I put into it. And church, I want to tell you, amen, that I'm not necessarily interested with fame and glory, amen, as a church across Pentecost. And that shouldn't be our aim and goal. Amen. But what we should be focused on right now are the seeds that we're planting, planting into these grounds. Amen. Here in Olathe, here in Lenexa, amen, in Gardner, amen, in this area. Amen. We should notice, amen, the green leaf that sprouts out of the ground. Amen. And give it its due attention and concern. Amen. Until, amen, it starts to bear fruit. Until, amen, it starts to bear weight. Amen. Until it starts to bring fruit. Of our effort. What's the point in the latter rain if it doesn't, amen, hit grounds where seed is, amen. But I'm telling you tonight, amen, if we can see latter rain fall upon these dry and barren grounds, we will see our seed, amen, sprout, amen. As was said the other night, flower and grow, amen, and bear much fruit. I feel the Holy Ghost. Let's love the Lord right now. Come on, let's love the Lord right now. I'm telling you, if you're willing, amen, to put the seed in the ground, and if you're willing to ask for the latter rain. Come on, Elijah. Go up to the top of the mount. Put your head between your knees and call out to God. He's listening. He's waiting. Don't just do it because your pastor asks you to. Don't just do it, amen, because it's church time, amen, but do it earnestly. I said do it earnestly. Elijah was a man subject to passions like we are. He had the same feelings, the same struggle. Hallelujah. Amen. The music will come. I'm closing. But he prayed. And he prayed earnestly. It wasn't just one of those kind of prayer meetings where I'm just going through the motions. But Jerome, I wonder if it was like that night you and me and Jaheim and Kaiser came to the church and we spent the night crying earnestly. And I heard these young men, and I'm not trying to build them up or give them any kind of pride or anything, but I want, I want them to realize what they were doing was an apostolic thing. But what they were doing was praying for the seeds that you planted, Brother Nelson, that you planted, Sister Nelson. These boys got under a burden to see souls saved. And I heard 
Kaiser and I heard Jerome and I heard Jaheem crying out to God. I heard Kaiser call a few names. I heard Jaheem call a few names. I don't know that I heard Jerome call it, but I know that there was a burden. And I witnessed. And I, again, I'm not trying to draw any undue attention. Please forgive me if that's the, the perceived purpose. But I'm talking about getting a hold of whatever it is that we need to get a hold of. So we can see the rain come down and flood these barren lands. See the fruit start to germinate and grow. Hallelujah. It's available. It's available. I think the only thing that we lack is just asking. Making your way to an altar and saying, God, turn this thing into a birthing station. Make this a place where it's not just an apostolic young person or an apostolic anybody, but let's see some sinners in these altars. Hallelujah. And let it feel the drops of tears from your cheeks. Come on, one place and one accord. Make this personal, child of God. Hallelujah. We know the rest of the story where after Elijah prayed, he went down and said another prayer in front of the uh, those who were crying out to their false god. He built an altar, poured tons of water on it just to prove the authenticity of God's outpouring. It wasn't a fake. It wasn't a show. It wasn't a joke. But what was going on that day was a man of faith praying and asking God for the latter rain. I want you to pour down. And that day it wasn't water, but it was fire. And it consumed the burnt offering. Hallelujah. Tell you, church, if you can get to a place, if I can get to a place, I'm willing to just ask, make my request, make our petitions known unto God. It's the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man that avails much. I think it's interesting that he didn't say that it's the effectual working or the effectual doing, but it's the effectual prayer. Because whatever we do, if there is no prayer associated with it, it's just us doing. Hallelujah. Except the Lord labor with us. We're laboring in vain. Hallelujah. Why don't we all stand tonight? <clears throat> I'm going to make a request to you as a church. For you to take the responsibility of asking not just asking because I've asked you to ask but ask with expectation like Elijah did Elijah was not afraid to ask he he asked his he asked God send the rain again he asked his servant to continually go up to the top of the mountain until he saw the sign that God promised And because Elijah was willing to ask, verse 44, 1 Kings chapter 18 says, it came to pass at the seventh time 
had to ask him seven times. Hey, could you go up there? See if there is a cloud out there. And he goes up and comes back, nope, nothing. Don't see anything different. Okay. I'm sure he prayed for a few more minutes and said, hey, why don't you go, can you go check again? So he goes back up a second time. Comes back. Sorry, Elijah, but there's no cloud. I don't see anything. Just like it's been for the last three and a half years. Just same old, same old thing. Okay. Now God goes back to prayer. Hey, can you go check again? Comes back, says, nope, don't see it. Can you, do you starting to understand sort of the faith Elijah had? And what God was getting ready to do. He had no evidence. None. And you have a whole nation depending on this coming water. Can you go again? Number four. Climbs that mountain. By this time, I'm sure the servant's getting kind of annoyed. It's like, got to do this again why can't we just go to another place until we just see the cloud come why doesn't he just come up here with me and do the praying up here comes back nope nothing okay go again would you and Elijah had to ask seven times. But I'm glad he didn't give up on the sixth time, Pastor, because I wouldn't be able to preach this message tonight. It's kind of a selfish reason, but I'm sure the people of Israel weren't were glad that he didn't give up. How many livelihoods were saved that day? How many homes were fed? I can't even imagine the gratitude the people of God felt towards Elijah. But it came to pass on the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud of the sea like a man's hand. He said, Go up, I say, unto Ahab. Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down. Down that the rain stopped thee not. I want you to notice that the rain has not started yet. Elijah said, go and tell him it's coming. Verse 45. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind. As that young man started running, Janessa. He started to look up. I'm sure he started picking him up a little faster. And then here, here's a thunder clap. Shake his chest. And he starts getting a little nervous. Now, I haven't heard that in a long time. And he's going. And finally, he makes it to Ahab and there was a great rain the Bible says and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah and he girded up his loins and he ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel and I want to tell you that the fire of the holy the fire that fell and consumed the sacrifice on the mountain before all those false prophets. Was a spiritual demonstration of what they physically needed. They were desperate. The people of God were in a physical situation that they needed rain. 
but they also needed a spiritual healing. They were also involved in a spiritual drought. And so the fire of the Lord fell, verse 38 of chapter 18, and consumed the burnt sacrifices and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when he, and when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. These backslidden children. I don't know how long they were in this condition. But they came to a realization that day. Even before the rain actually fell, that the Lord was in control. And I want to tell the truth, church, that even your personal situations, your physical needs, God's able to meet those needs if you're willing to ask. Are you willing to ask tonight? (laughs) How can we ask a sinner? to come to an altar if we're not willing to go ourselves? How can I beg a sinner to change his life if I won't change mine? How can I show him the way of God more perfectly as Aquila and Priscilla did to Apollos? If I don't practice those things myself, I'm telling you, church, that your physical needs will be met after, after you get what you need spiritually. I feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm saying right now. Whatever you need right now, the rain that you need in your life, That water that would soak the dry and barren grounds, that's available. You've got to be willing to ask. But it's going to come after, after. Why don't we all fill out to the Lord tonight? It's going to come after. You make those sacrifices. After you go, after you put the the offering on the altar, that fire will fall. It will consume. It will meet your need. Come on, these altars are open tonight. Let's reach out to the Lord. Let's ask Him. Whatever your need is, if you don't have a personal need, then I'm asking you to get under a burden for this church and spend the next few moments in a burdened prayer asking God to send the latter rain. Heal this dry and thirsty land. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, child of God. Pray by faith. Pray expecting God to hear and to answer your prayer. He's able. He's willing. Come on, His arm is not short. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Hallelujah. That's it. That's it. Talk to the Lord tonight. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. I need you, Master. I need you, Master. Come on, are you willing to ask Him? Come on, young people. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, that's what we need.
Come on, is that what you want? The latter rain. Pour it out on us, God. Come on, I ask, would you lift your voices tonight? Would you be willing to ask Him whatever you got to do to me, God? Come on, don't be intimidated. This is what we all want. We all desire this. We're all hungry for it. Hallelujah. I want it, God, more than anything. More than I want my next meal, God. More than I want, God, to wake up tomorrow and go to work. I want to see souls saved. God, pour out your spirit. God, what are these things, God? Come on, come on, save my aunt, save my uncle, save my cousin, save my mom, save my dad, save my sister. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Come on, call the name out tonight. Jesus. Soul, we need a holy. 